Hi, welcome to Life Church. I'm Aaron Cole, the senior pastor. I'm so excited that you have decided to join me today. Whether you're joining us at Appleton or at Brookfield or at Germantown or Milwaukee or the online campus, I am so excited that you're with us today because we're starting a brand new series. The series is called Love Does. And we're gonna look at Romans chapter 12 all the way through Romans chapter 16 over the course of the next five weeks. So I hope that you will begin today and then join with us every single week as we walk through Romans chapter 12, chapter 13, chapter 14, chapter 15, and chapter 16. For the last about 14 months at Life Church, we've been intermittently doing a series on the book of Romans, just kind of compiling them together. And so this is kind of the end of that road that we've been on and that journey that we've been on. Now, with each one of these sermons, we're going to look at a particular chapter uh, each week. And then in that chapter, there's, we're not going to go through every line or every verse, but there's kind of a nexus. There's kind of a core. There's kind of a key, if you would, that would unlock the rest of that chapter. We're going to look at that, and that will kind of inform the rest of the chapter. And so in this series, we're, we're, we're looking at how God works in our lives uh, and how God works his giftings in our lives to not only affect us, but all the people that are around us. And not just us individually, but corporately, how it all works. And how the love of God really does work in our hearts to change us, but not just change us, actually to change our world. So today, we're starting with the, the, a title of today's message is called God's Good Gifts. God's good gifts. Romans chapter 12, we're going to look at verses 1 through 8, and we're going to look at today about the giftings that God gives us in order for us to be used by Him, not just for our benefit, but for the people that are around us. See, God's given you giftings. He's gifted you. He's created you. He's, he's, he's spoken a life into you in such a way that it's not just for your benefit, but for people that are around you. The gifts that God's given you are not just to be used upon you, or for your benefit or your family's benefit or for close friends, but they're truly been gifted to you because God wants to use you to touch people that are far away from you. Not to be hoarded, not to be wasted, but to be used. And the deciding factor as we're gonna see today is this word called grace. I love this word grace. It's unmerited, undeserved favor. That's not in my notes. It's not gonna be anywhere on the screen, but that's what grace means. It's something I didn't earn, something I don't deserve, but yet it's God's gift to me. So what determines these gifts in my life are not me or my ability or my pedigree or where I come from, but truly God's unmerited, undeserved favor in my life. And they're used not just for my benefit, but also for the benefit of the local church and for the world in which I live in. So let's jump into today and to this message, God's good gifts, Romans chapter 12. We're gonna look at verses one through eight. I'm reading this in the ESV, the English Standard Version. Verse one, I appeal to you therefore brothers by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Verse three, for by the grace given to me, there's that word grace, I say to everyone among you not to think 
of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. Verse four, for as in one body, we have many members and many and the members do not have all the same function. So we, though many are one body in Christ and individually members one of another, having the gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. There's that word grace again. Let us use them. He's speaking of the gifts. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, verse seven, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in his generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Now I want you to notice that in verse three and verse six, He's talking about the grace given to me. So Paul, first of all, says this is an individual. This is, this is these giftings, these ability based upon the grace of God are given to you as an individual. You get to verse six, he's talking about the grace given to us. So the grace of these giftings of God's good gifts in our lives are not just singular, but they're plural. They're not just meant for your benefit, but they're meant for the benefit of others. Others can be people in your household. Others can be people in the church, as he talks about here, that the body of Christ is many parts, but yet we're one. Others can be a world that needs Jesus. God's given you gifts by his grace for your benefit and for the benefit of others. So let's jump into walking this out. The first point I wanna make is that God's grace decides our position. God's grace decides our position. Look back at verses one and two. I wanna read this for you again. He says, I appeal to you therefore brothers by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, which is good and acceptable and perfect. Again, that second verse is a pretty well-known verse. It's, it's a pretty quoted verse. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. He talks about that God's grace decides our position. And, and, and so he gives us this kind of a juxtaposition of transformed versus conformed. Transformed versus conformed. So transformed into the likeness of God, into the likeness of Christ. He says that we're to be transformed into this likeness of, of who Jesus is, of, of who God the Father is. But we don't need to be conformed into the likeness of the world. You have a choice. You have a choice if you're going to live in the likeness of the world, if your life, if your position life is going to be that that's gonna be reflected of by the world. So what's happening in the world is gonna be how you're going to live. What's, what, what's valued in the world is how you're gonna value. What, what's done in the world is what you're going to do. Or... If you are going to be transformed, you're going to be, uh, be made into God's image and God's likeness so that, so that it's not about what's in the world that you do or that you see or that you value, but rather it's what you see in God's word. It's what you see in Jesus that you do and that you see and that you value. He says that this transformation happens in two ways. Conformity, we know, we just simply, whatever the world says, that's what we do. But transformation is different. Transformation, first of all, is position. It's about identity. It's God's work at salvation. He says to present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. The first way that I become transformed into his image, into his likeness, 
to become the image and likeness of Jesus is to first is to is, is my position, is my identity, is for me to identify with God's work, to say, hey, I'm a sinner in need of a savior. I'm asking you, Jesus, to come into my heart and come into my life, and I'm giving my life to you. That's where it begins. Transformation begins with you positionally saying, I'm identifying with the work that Jesus Christ did on the cross. I'm a sinner and I'm in need of a savior. And I believe that my savior is Jesus. And so therefore I'm going to give you my life. I'm going to give you who I am and I'm going to make my life a living sacrifice. Notice in that passage, it doesn't say this is what God does. No, it says, this is what you do. God's never gonna ask you to do something that you don't have the ability to do. And you may go, man, I'm so far from holy. I'm so far from being a living sacrifice. I, I'm just telling you, man, there is no way. And what I'm saying to you is, as God's word says, yes, there is a way. And the way is, is that you have the power to choose. Positionally, you can say, I believe that Jesus is who the Bible says that he is. I'm giving my life to Christ and I'm gonna let my life be lived for him. That's the first part of transformation. The second part of transformation is the process. The process. The process of my responsibility to, to present my body every day. My responsibility to present my mind and renew my mind every day. My, the discipline of what I need to do and the process of what I need to do in my life to go, okay, because I have made a decision to follow Jesus and because of what Jesus Christ did on Calvary's cross, now I'm going to, in a process, I'm going to take on the responsibility of every day presenting my life as a living sacrifice, of, of every day getting my mind renewed by God's word. Every day I'm going to just continue to walk this out. I'm going to continue to live this out. Now, let me stop here just for a minute. God's grace decides our position. That was the statement that I made. Meaning that God so loved you and I that he gave his one and only son, Jesus Christ, and Jesus died on a cross so that you and I don't have to go to hell, but we can go to heaven and not just go to heaven, but we can live in right relationship today between us and God the Father. And we can have life today more abundantly, not just in the sweet by and by, but in the here and now. God's graced us with that ability. God's given us that position. Then we have a choice. Do we accept it or do we reject it? Position. And once we accept it, we have a choice every single day to take up our cross and follow Jesus. To decide that I'm going to do my best, I may crash and burn, but when I fail, I'm gonna fail forward. When I make a mistake, I'm gonna own it. When I sin and come short of the glory of God, I'm going to own my sin and ask God to forgive me and he'll be faithful and just to forgive me my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. But to the best of my ability, I'm going to live every day as a living sacrifice. I'm gonna take every opportunity and everything that I do to glorify him. I'm gonna make sure that what I do and the very heart of, where, of why I'm trying to do what I'm doing, even if I get messed up in the doing it, it's coming from a right place. And I'm going to take on the responsibility of renewing my mind according to God's word. I'm gonna get in his word every day. I'm gonna get in prayer every day. And I'm gonna do my very best to live my life. This is my responsibility. Yes, God's the one that opens the door and graces me, but it's kind of like, hey, it's kind of like... Um, when you're a kid 
if you're given like a, some type of a construction set, maybe it's Lincoln Logs or Tinker Toys or, or a model or it's Legos or whatever, and you see the picture on the box and you've got all of these pieces. The truth of the matter is, is there's all the pieces. And you see the picture on the box or you see the picture on the container and you can build that. But what, what makes it from just a bunch of disjointed pieces or a bunch of separate Legos or a bunch of model airplane parts is to, to actually looking like the picture on the box or on the container? It's you. It's you taking time and trying to fit things together and you looking at the image and coming back and reworking and working and working and developing it and sometimes getting frustrated and coming back to it and working and working, developing it and give it some time and, and work and painstakingly depends upon how big and how intricate that the, the model is or, 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 or the Lego castle is or, or the Lincoln logs are or the Tinker Toys, whatever it may be, you keep putting that together till finally, voila, there it's done. God gives you the pieces. God gives us the image in his word. You and I have to take them and put them together. That's what I mean by God's grace decides our position. Second statement, God's grace determines how we think about ourselves and others. God's grace determines how we think about ourselves and others. Let's look at ourselves. Verse number three, he says, for by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. This is parable of talents. Remember when Jesus said that the kingdom of God is likened unto a master who leaves and goes away and to this one he gives one talent and this one he gives two talents and this one he gives three talents and, or five talents and, and he, he gives them the talents and he goes away and he comes back and when he comes back he goes to, to the one who he gave five and, and that one doubled the talents and he gave to the one he gave two and that one doubled the talent and to both of those he said well done and, and then to the one that just was given one talent he, he said master I, here's the one talent and he says, the master says, well, what did you do with it? And he said, well, I took it and I buried it because I know that you're, man, you, you expect a return and, and, and you don't want things to be lost. And so I just kind of in my own fear, I just didn't want to disappoint you. So at least I'm going to bring, give back to you what you had. And the master says, hey, at least you could have taken it to the bank and gotten interest on it. I mean, something. But instead, you just buried it. You didn't use it. You didn't use what I gave you. You didn't, you didn't, you didn't risk anything. You didn't try anything. You, 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 you didn't try to grow or develop it. And the Bible says that that one that had the one talent was taken from him and it was given to the one who had the greatest return. And so it will be in the kingdom of heaven. God's gifted you and I all with talents and with abilities. According to our measure of faith, God's given us each one of us, talents and abilities. Some of us, one talent. Some of us, two talents. Some of us, five talents. But make no mistake, we're all gifted with different talents and abilities. He said, for the grace given to me. 
but don't think of yourself more greatly than what you ought. You just keep your mind sober. Just keep your, because you got to understand that the talent that you've been given has been given according to the measure of faith, which means this, God's given everybody different talents. And so my responsibility is not to take care of your talent or worry about your talent. My responsibility is to take care of the talent that he's given me. My responsibility isn't to worry what the master, how many talents does the master give everybody? My responsibility is to take care of the talent he's given me. My, my, my responsibility is not to be on you, it's to be on me. So what does this mean? This means this, that God's grace determines how we think about ourselves. I don't need to keep my eyes on anyone else or anyone else's talents or abilities. My eyes need to be on me and Jesus, and that I am doing what he's called me to do, where he's called me to be, being what he's called me to be and to do. I got to run my own race. Are you doing that today? Because it's so easy in the world in which we live in to deal with other people and comparisons. Social media has made this so easy to look at what everybody else is doing, everybody else's highlight reel. And the truth of the matter is, I'm not called to go do what that person's called to do. I'm not called to be what that person's called to be. I, I don't, you know, let's say the grass is greener on the other side. Well, you better check the water bill, right? And, and make sure that there's not a septic system underneath it either. Because the truth of the matter is, is that all that glitters isn't gold. I'm not responsible for you. I'm responsible for me. God's graced me. I'm going to stand to God for me. I got to run my race. This has been something I've had to learn in my adult life that's not been easy. Because again, I'm a type A personality and I, I'm an achiever and I, I wanna go. And, and if there's a goal, if there's a game, if there's a competition, I don't mean that mean, I, 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 but I wanna run in such a way as to win the prize. And what I've had to learn is, is that my race is different than everybody else's race. So I can't look at my race and compare it to somebody else. I can't look at the ministry that God's called me to compare it to somebody else's ministry. I can't look at the church that God's called me to pastor and compare it to someone else. No, this is what he's called me to. This is where he's called me to be. Am I being faithful and fruitful with where he's called me to be? No comparisons, run my own race. Now when he talks about God's grace determines how we also think not just about ourselves, but about others. This is collectively. Look at verses four and five. He says, for as in one body, we have many members and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many are one body in Christ, individually members of another. This is also, Paul will write this, this a very similar to the church in Corinth in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. That, that we are to focus on what God's called us to do individually and collectively. So individually, I'm to run my own race. Collectively, I'm to realize that I have a responsibility to other people that are around me. So I'm not called to run your race. I'm not called to, to compete with you. I'm actually called to compliment you. As a brother and sister in Christ, it's not for me to get ahead of you, it's for me to help you, for me to, to compliment you not to compete with you. So I am running the race that God's called me to. But at the same time, I'm also looking at my brothers and sisters, not in a competitive way and not in a, um, not in a covetous way of, man, I wish I had their life or I wish I had their calling or I wish I had their what ministry or I wish I had their job or I wish I had their life. No, 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 no. This is what God's called me to. 
But if I see somebody that needs help, then I am to, man, I'm to bring them along. If I see someone needs encouragement, I'm to encourage them. If I see someone else that's kind of dropping out of the race, man, I, I may need to stop for just a moment and say, hey, man, let me encourage you to get back in. Let's do this. You can do this. Keep the, run the race. It's important that you run your race and I'm here. And understanding that I don't just do this by myself, but that what I do is connected to others. I hope that makes sense. So I'm not competing. I'm complimenting. That's what he's talking about. So I'm running the race because I stand before God. But I'm also mindful of my brother not to be in competition, but to help and to compliment. Because when my brother or sister in Christ wins, I win. When they get the advance, when they get the bonus, when they get the promotion, when they, I, when the church grows, when the church is blessed, I'm blessed. My success is not just tethered to me. My success is tethered to them because we're all part of the same body. Third and final statement as we wrap up today's message on God's good gifts is this statement. God's grace dictates our response. God's grace dictates our response. Let's go back to Romans chapter 12, verse 6. He says, having gifts that differ according to the grace given us, let us use them. He's stating here that we all have giftings. We've all been gifted, but they're different. And they're different according to the grace, according to the unmerited, unearned favor of God, that God chooses some to have this gift and some to have that gift and others to have this gift and others to have that gift. But when we all use our gifts, not to compete, but to complement one another, then the kingdom is built. Then we're blessed individually and we are blessed corporately. I'm blessed because I'm doing what God's called me to do, but we are blessed because we're all working together. Now, and a real practical note here at Life Church, this is what Life Track is all about. If you've never gone through Life Track, either you're new or you just haven't taken time, I encourage you. One of the major components of Life Track is we talk about the doctrine, the design, the DNA of Life Church. We talk about the various ministries and what we do and how we do it. We talk about all of that, but we also talk about your DNA and God's design for you and where you fit. Basically, what your gifts are. You actually take a gift assessment. That's part of what it is. It's not anything hard. Trust me, it's, nobody fails that test. But it's really just a gift assessment to say, hey, based upon your answers to these questions, these are some probably some pretty good places of areas of ministry that you probably not only would be good at, but you would enjoy. Nothing's worse than trying to do something that you don't like or you're not good at. But when you find something that you're good at and that you enjoy, you're utilizing your giftings. This is how we... We do what God's called us to do individually, but we are complementing what God's doing with other people and we're blessing other people in the process. So I encourage you today, if you have not uh, gone through LifeTrack, um, the online campus pastor, if they haven't already, they'll have that an option up there on the screen for you. And if, and if you're at one of our campuses, the campus pastor today will, will communicate just again how you can get connected simply by just giving us some information and we'll follow up with you and get you through life track. It'll be a blessing to you because it will help you discover your gifts. And let me go right back to the, to, to the rest of, of, of Romans chapter 12, verses uh, 6 seven and eight. He says, speaking of the gifts, if it's prophecy in proportion to our faith, if it's service in our service, 
the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who, who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. He's talking about various gifts that God's given us individually that work for us to complete and to complement each other corporately. I just wanna kind of walk through this because this is kind of the super onto the natural, if you would. He uses the word prophecy. Prophecy is the ability to speak the message of God to others in a supernatural way. So it's not just, hey, naturally, I'm just gonna read you this or I'm gonna say this, but, but there's a supernatural gifting. Some people have a gifting to be able to speak the message of God to other people. They just have that. It's not just for their benefit, but it's for also for the kingdom's benefit, for, for the church's benefit, for what God wants to do on this earth. Serving, hospitality. Again, this is the ability to see and meet a need. It, it's some of you have that ability. You see a need and you, you just meet it. You just naturally go there. You just, uh, let, let, me, let, me, let me clean that up. Let, let, let me help this person. I, I, let, 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 let me do this. Let me move this out of the way. Let, hey, you know what? Here's an opportunity. Let me serve and let me help. And that's just what you do. And, and for you, it just seems really natural, like everybody does this. But the truth of the matter is, is God has gifted you. He has graced you with this gift that you are to run your race, that you're to use this gift. Remember, these gifts are not just for, um, they're not just for like, just because. Well, everybody's gonna get a gift, so this is your gift, whether you use it or you don't. No, you're given this gift to use it. Are you using this gift? Teaching to effectively communicate the Bible. It's a supernatural gift to effectively communicate the Bible. For me, one of the giftings that God has given me is the ability to teach, the ability to preach, to proclaim his word. I, it's, um, somebody said to me one time, man, when I hear you preach, it's like preaching for dummies. Like I, I understand what you're saying. It, it's simple. Well, for me, uh, that's just how I view scripture. I look at it and I want to go, okay, I hear what it's saying, but what does it mean? And how does it apply today? How can I take this text? These are God's word, man. This is God's living, breathing word. And, and so for me to be able to see it and come up with a sermon and come up with a talk and to come up with a teaching outline is relatively easy because quite frankly, it's a gift that I have. It's not that I'm all that. It's not that I'm so great. And it's not that everybody has that, but that is a gift that I have. And so I share that in my preaching and teaching. That's why I'm the pastor of the church. That's a gift that I have. Exhortation. That's a supernatural gift of encouragement and comfort and support. Some of you just have this, man. You just, you're just drawn to this. You just pick up on this. You're, you're so empathetic and, and, you're, and you're just so sweet and so kind. And you're just, there's just this intentionality and it's very reflexive. But God's given you that. And you just think everybody's that way, but they're not. <laughs> that's the funny thing. If you have a gift, you think everybody has that gift or you don't think what the big deal is because that's you. But the truth of the matter is, is that you've been gifted. You've been supernaturally graced by God. The gift of giving. This is about finance. Um, do you, again, we don't talk a lot about this, but, but there is this, this is a gift. Some of you have the ability to acquire wealth. You, you just do. You, you, you can buy a business that no one else can make work and you can make it work. You, you, you can start a company and it just works. You, you, you can invest over here and, and everybody else is just getting a low yield and you're getting a high yield. You, you just get it. It's just how your brain works. And for you, it's normal. But for everybody else, it's unnormal. 
<laughs> because everybody else is trying and they're just not. It's like you're fishing in a pond and nobody else is getting anything and you're just, it's a bumper, uh, uh, just, man, just a, a catch. I mean, it's just, it's more fish than you, than you can eat, than you can take in. Why are you gifted that? Simple. God's given you that ability because he wants to bless you, but he wants you to also complement, not compete, and build his kingdom. It's what it is. And again, we have no problem with saying, oh, someone's got a gift of prophecy, and somebody's got a gift of serving, and somebody's got a gift of teaching, and somebody's got a gift of, of exhortation. That all sounds really spiritual. Somebody's got a gift of giving. What? It's kind of like it just screeches to a halt. Yeah. How do you think buildings get built? How, how, how do you think that, that ministries get started? How do you think that, that outreaches get funded and paid for? The missions, the money that we're going to give through greater around the corner, around the world, it's because people who have a gift of giving, give. And if you have that gift of giving, it's not something to be embarrassed about. Most of the time, people with a gift of giving never identify themselves in that way. But the truth of the matter is, is you've been gifted that way and you have that. And so utilize that. Look for strategies and ways. And if you go, man, I don't really know where to look. Come talk to me. Let's have coffee. And tell me, hey, you know what? What's God put in your heart? You want to build an orphanage somewhere in the world? Great. You want to do something? You, you want to see a church planted? Awesome. You, you, you want to, you, you go, I don't even know. I just know that I've got these resources and I just want to help. Man, right now, even as I'm talking, I've got more vision <laughs> than, 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 than I, I can fund. But you know what? That's what God does. God gives some of us various gifts and others of us have the gift to meet those needs. Do you know the reason why we don't have the ability to do everything in and of ourselves? Because we wouldn't need one another. But guess what? That person who has a gift of prophecy needs that person who has a gift of exhortation. The person who's got a gift of exhortation needs that person that has a gift of giving. The person that has a gift of giving needs that person that has a gift of serving. The person that's serving needs the gift of, we need each other. Gift of leadership. It's a supernatural gift to lead and to influence. Some of you are just natural leaders. Oh, you work it and you develop it. All these things you work and develop. All these things you grow and expand. You, you figure out how it works, but you've been given that. God's gifted you that because he's put you in places of influence, not just for your benefit, but for the benefit of others. Not to compete, but to complement. Gift of mercy. Having a supernatural sensitivity for the suffering. Again, there are so many gifts. As you read the New Testament, there are 27 identified gifts of the Holy Spirit in our lives as New Testament believers. Only nine of them would be ones that we would say, we'd call like more spiritual type sounding gifts. Most of them are things like, well, we just read serving and giving and leading. Again, Today, my prayer is simply this, is that you will understand that God is the giver of good gifts and that God's graced you. And if you don't know what those gifts are, ask of him. Go to Lifetrack, let us help you explore and see what that is. Check the box and we'll follow up with you and get on your schedule and there's dozens of other people in there with you and it's just a great time to meet other people as well. But once you know what that gift is, are you using your gift? Not just for your advantage or for your benefit, 
Not just to build your company or your portfolio or to build your name or your ministry, but are you doing it for the sake of the people sitting to the left of you and the right of you and in front of you and behind you if you're at a campus? Are you doing it for the sake of the kingdom that's around? And I'm not just talking about doing good things for people. There's a lot, again, do we have the likeness of the world or the likeness of Jesus? The likeness of the world, they'll do a lot of good things for people. Be nice. But the likeness of Jesus is that I give that cup of cold water in the name of him. I give that meal in the name of him. I give that warm blanket in his name. What's the difference? It's, hey, I want to nourish and meet your need right now physically. But there's a God who wants to touch you and save you forever spiritually. You're more than just a physical, mental, emotional being. You have a soul and a spirit that will live forever. And God loves you. The world doesn't do that. Remember at the beginning of the message when I talked about the transformation? The world doesn't do that. No, Jesus does that. That's what makes a difference. That's the difference between being conformed to the world and being transformed by the renewing of your mind. So today, do you know your gift? Are you using your gift? And are you using it for God's kingdom? If you're not, I encourage you, identify it and begin to utilize that gift. If you don't know how to do that, email the online campus pastor if you're online. If you're at a campus today, talk to the campus pastor and simply just say, you know what? I need to figure out how to do this. If you've not gone through life track, show up for your own benefit. I'm gonna pray for you right now. Dear Jesus, I thank you. And I pray God that you would simply help us to never forget that you are a good, good father and that you give good gifts to your children and that we've been graced a merited, undeserved favor of God, gifts in our lives. Not just for our benefit, but for the benefit of others, the benefit of your church, the benefit of your kingdom in this world. Let us live our life today for you in Jesus' name. Amen.